listening to Cat and Panda on Fan Service Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Fan Service with Cat and Panda. I am Cat. I am Panda. And we are going to do our best to bring you all of the stuff that we like to talk about. That's in movies, TV, books, podcasts, music, and who knows, some of the stuff that we like, you might end up liking too. But before we get started with all of our interesting discussions, we are going to roll right into what in the world are you sipping on today, Penda? What am I sipping on? I am sipping on a, I I do have a non-alcoholic beverage of some San Pellegrino blood orange nice. and then the the bubbly I and I I want to pronounce it buble and I I know that's a marketing thing because Michael Buble is in the commercial but it's the bubbly <laughs> fizzy, the caffeinated fizzy drinks I think the this buble. is like mango passion so I've got mango passion and blood orange in my mason my mason jar but I also have um a fine I am sipping on a fine little cup of of uh of port Listen, I noticed that little glass and it was just really giving me vibes that, you know, the blood of virgins are in that little tiny wine glass there. It's, 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 and port is, you know, if you don't know, and I don't want to like wine splain anyone, but port is a fortified <laughs> wine. Port is a fortified wine. It's, um, it's brandy. It's brandy and port. Oh. Excuse me. It's brandy and wine. So, and the alcoholic content is, is high. Okay. So it's served in these tiny little, I think this is like one or two ounce little port glasses mm. because it's not something you can't chug it. it. You can, you have to sip it slower even than wine. Really? Um, because it's very sweet. This, what's the alcoholic content on this puppy? This is, I'm drinking a, a Fonseca Porto Bin 27 and it's a good one. I usually like gram six grape, but the alcoholic content by law should be somewhere on the stinking bottle. It's alcohol by volume, twenty percent. Whoa! If you, so that's the level of sweetness you're dealing with. It is usually served as a as a dessert wine. Ah, um, yes, got, yes. It's you know it's got nice blackberry flavors or cherry. Sometimes you get a little chocolate, like with the grams. Mm. Uh, it's very good, but it is very potent. So you know, you're encouraged to not, this is not a shot glass with the stem. It is a pork glass and you are encouraged to sip it and savor it over a dessert after a fine meal, either of McDonald's Happy Meal or a steak, you know, (laughs) the pork does not judge your, your dinner choices. I don't know. I, I, I'd kind of feel judged if I had a happy meal and I was drinking out of that little wine glass, you know, (laughs) I I feel like the, the, I don't know who would be judging me the happy meal or the wine glass. I I just be looking at them both and say, stop looking at me like that. You know, right. Just turn the, turn, turn the happy meal box away from you. Right. It's like, why are you, don't look at me like that. I'm hungry. Darn it. So, <laughs> well, either way, that sounds delicious and very interesting on my side. I, um, ditched the tea because, um, I think I personally think my sultry voice is getting a little better. I'm, you know, still got that Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it, you know, kind of vibe (laughs) going on, but I felt a lot better. And now I'm reverted back to my 
regular uh, go-to, which is my glass of not concentrated virgin blood uh, red wine that you described. <laughs> and it's just regular old sweet red wine in a giant, giant cup um, in, in stark contrast to what you are drinking. Um, my wee little baby. You wee, wee little, little baby, baby. glass. A wee little baby wine glass. Ah, <laughs> let eat your babies. But yeah, mine is uh just standard uh run of the mill red wine, um and doesn't sound nearly as interesting as the way you describe your beverages. So I am feeling a little envious right now. But yes, but you can but you can drink your wine in front of a happy meal and not and and not worry about the happy meal judging you, because it, it could be it could be tea, it could be coffee, it could be hot chocolate. You're no one knows. Right. No one knows what's in this cup, except me, you know. And then after I talk to the Happy Meal before I eat it, I'm gonna be like, you know what? At, when, when he's in my belly, I'm gonna be like, ah, surprise! Now you're smooshing around in there with red wine. So, gotcha, got him. Right, right, <laughs> right. The tip off is not you talking to the Happy Meal box. It's after it's been consumed. Oh yeah, it's like you know. You, you, so nobody else talks to their food. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, me neither. I was just taking a poll. If any, if the exactly. This this is this is one of those one of those one of those Rasmussen po- polls. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't the to- favorability I'm totally, of the <laughs> I'm totally not insane, by the way. Not at all. <laughs> Last that's, that's right. The favorability of the of the hat. Do you prefer the classic Happy Meal box? Do you prefer just? <laughs> do you prefer the bags versus boxes? You know. <laughs> Do your nuggets talk to you before you consume them? Come on. Come on, America Amanda. There's no contest. Know. You know, nobody wants a freaking Happy Meal in the bag. It's not even a Happy Meal unless it's in a box and it's got a toy in it. Let's just be honest Agreed. with ourselves. Agreed. I mean, I can throw anything in a freaking bag, but a Happy Meal is something different. It, mm. It's special and it deserves to come in a box. Absolutely. I'm totally gatekeeping Happy Meals, by the way. And I'm, That's I'm right. okay. And I'm, and I'm... And I'm speaking as a former McDonald's worker that See. Happy Meals absolutely belong in a box, absolutely. not a stupid bag. Not a stupid bag. And I'm speaking as a regular McDonald's eater. And I completely agree. <laughs> Hear me! Hear right. me! Don't ever put my Happy Meal in a bag. Don't you ever put my Happy Meal in a bag. This just whip it problem. back at the window. <laughs> right, just throw it. Nobody asked for this. Oh. What, what is this crap? But no, I would never do that. Support our workers, people. Support our workers. But um, that being said, what's up, Penda? I am noticing that you are dressed to the nines today. I need you to describe this whole ensemble because it is giving me life right now. Go. I am in a, I am in a box onesie. Uh, these are my onesie pajamas. I got them from my sister last year, the year before for Christmas. And it's one of those things you put on your Amazon wish list, not believing anyone would actually get it for you. But my sister came through. Uh, Yay, sister. You sisters. Shout um, out to Penda's sister. You are awesome. It's got um, It's got a full hood that's got the full nose and eyes and ears. So the little nose rests at the top of my head. It's it's got pockets, so I it's can carry pockets. around my treasures. It does. It has pockets, so you can carry around. So I can carry around my treasures. Uh, it has a tail. 
because it's not complete without you know why why have the hood if you're not going to rock the tail exactly Um, you know it's got the white bib and it's mostly the orange color with the little black cuffs and 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 little black uh, around the ankles too so it's it buttons up the front so you know it makes you don't realize how much you have to go to the bathroom until you're wearing a onesie all day oh yeah 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 you have to make a commitment to wear a onesie it's a it's you know? a commitment it's again and it's and, and you you want to give yourself time this is <laughs> yeah. not a last minute thing you know it's like you know what i better go ahead and go you because plan those you don't over. you don't know you don't know how small of a space you might be in i mean hopefully I don't know. I, I'm not going to judge anyone. If maybe you've left the house and you have to duck into a public restroom, but yeah. for me, I, I personally would not want this on the floor of a public restroom no, if no, I no, had no, to no. get undressed. No, no. But if you're, you know, if you're home, it's like you know, you it's, it's you got to get unbuttoned. You've got to pull everything down, and you know, oh, oh no, I it's I you don't want the hood falling in the toilet. You know, oh, no, no, these no. things have to be thought out Absolutely. in advance. And if um, you know, if you're not leaving the house for the day, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, and I absolutely. was not, not leaving the house today. I have, however, been on several Zoom calls. So totally this, is, this, is, this is what everybody is, this is what everyone's been dealing with this weekend. I feel like you did each and every one of your Zoom calls a service by being in this outfit. So cheers Thank to you. you. Much respect. Outfit is slapping. And for any, for all of our listening audience, this she is in a full on fox garb, and I mean I love it. I'm here for it. I wish I'd known I would throw on my onesie as well, but I'm just stuck with my standard t-shirt, right? And this particular t-shirt is, and don't judge me because I was about to call her Siri, you right? But it's Suri <laughs> from Black Panther. It's Suri. That's right. It's sure. It's sure. It is Suri. Yeah. It's Siri, but I was about to call her Siri from the iPhones. Like Siri, ding, Black Panther, uh, Black Panther forever. Um, dang, Wakanda forever. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I, my memory, ah, uh, my attention span is so low. But anyway, so right. <laughs> I, put, I put Siri on in in camaraderie with her. Not some of her other stuff, but the fact that she got injured on the set on Black Panther. And she's yes. still recovering, so hopefully she um, uh, listens to the actual doctors that are, you know, taking care of her, and she recovers really soon. Because you know, we just want the movie at this point. You know, yeah, exactly. I want you safe exactly. and happy too, of course. But my main priority is getting Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, um, to be released uh, timely. We're still expecting it in 2022. I do not want your little mishap to delay the release of that movie. I call me selfish, but you know, it is what it is. (laughs) So get well soon, Shuri. Get well soon. Yeah, it gets right. Get well soon. Yeah, get well soon. We're rooting for your health and happiness. Um, So we are going to be doing something a little different today um, because we had an opportunity to see some different movies that's been released over you know the past week or so so we just kind of want to do our hot takes on them um i'm i have some strong opinions about a particular movie i saw and i know oh yes it's it's shocking it's like the hell you say yes uh, yes it's so crazy (laughs) cat has an opinion like oh my goodness (laughs) 
Let her speak. Let her speak. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, like like always, I have a super strong opinion about um, a particular movie that I saw, um, which is Dune. And Dune. Dune. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Did we pull that off? I don't know. Put that in. That was in the archive. Probably not. Yeah, put it in the archive. Delete that footage. But um, but either anyway. So you know, I'm sitting here, and to be honest with you, I never read any of the Dune books. I didn't know anything about Dune except the the hype in different communities. It's like one of those so-called must-read in the fantasy sci-fi genre. Um, it's one of those you keep hearing all this stuff about. And I also heard that it was kind of complicated according to the books where you, you're introduced to all of these different, uh, characters on the different planets. So it, when this is just personally, I like to, if, if there's books associated with the movies, I want to get a sense of it because such a books are such an investment when you actually start reading them. And I do love reading all the time, but if it's something that I haven't been previously exposed to or something that I'm not, don't know if I'm going to like, I'm going to watch the movie first. And then if I like the movie, because most of the time the movies aren't as good as the books, but if I like what the movie is talking about or the story is fascinating to me or, or, or the TV show or something like that, um, then I will actually go back and read the the books that are associated with it, like Lord of the Rings. I think I was, um, I think I saw like the first two Lord of the Rings movies, and then Tech Guy ended up getting me the three book series to, for me to read, and so I just couldn't put those books down. It was incredible. It was so much world building. Um, I got a little fatigued with the songs after a while. So every time I saw a song coming up, I just, I just flipped a page. I did. <laughs> it's like, I'm so, I'm so tired. I, right. I'm so tired. <laughs> Secret. I did the same thing with Fifty Shades of Grey books. It was like, after a while, I get it. You guys, uh, you know, have fun. You're, wink, wink. You're, you you yeah. were enthusiastic about your bodies. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, I get it. So I felt like I was going to take the same approach with Doom since I didn't know anything about it. I was I, when and when the movie was announced in um, on HBO Max, that that gave me a nice little comfort level too, to be able to sit back on the couch and kind of you know check it out and see what it's about. And wow, that, that's that's the first thing I can really say. And I first of all, I was I wasn't impressed. I guess I, I guess that would be the best way to, for me to, you know, for all of the hype that was surrounding Dune, I was not impressed. Um, you know, you do get the backstory. I do appreciate the backstory and I do appreciate the cinematography regarding it and even some of the characters. But I just feel like it, the, the whole movie was just tone deaf in my opinion. You know, you, you have this galaxy... Um, where the emperor, uh, like the imperial emperor rules over everything. And, you know, Atreides, which is like the main character, him and his dad and his mom, um, who is like the concubine of Leto. Her name is Lady Jessica. And she's like the alkalite 
of this like exclusive sisterhood that have like these mental or magical abilities and Atreides, which is her son, um, is like the only male that kind of can manifest these same powers. It's, 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 it's kind of, uh, you know, they go into that a little bit, but in the meantime, the emperor kind of gives the family, uh, control over this, like this planet, um, that is a desert planet called Archaeus. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's Archaeus. I go with Archaeus, but anyway, it's a dark, dark, harsh desert planet. And it's full of these giant sandworms and uh, also it's the stuff, but the whole planet is covered in like spice and the indigenous people of this planet are, you know, basically got conquered by the emperor and all of his people sound familiar. And then they sent in these colonizers <laughs> to come in who black Panther shirt. And they sent these colonizers to come in and mine the spice because it's very valuable to them too. So long story short, I'm not going to go into too many spoilers, but long story short, basically Atreides is put into a situation where he is, I don't know how else to say it, but they, they're like worshiping him like space Jesus, you know? And oh. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Space <laughs> that Paul, guy. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just really looking at this like, wow, this is a little out of touch here. Cause it's like, you have this, and, and let's just be honest. You have this, uh, this colonizer that came in and for some reason he has profited to save this, this world from the oppressors, but he was originally, his father was an oppressor too, but he's nicer than the other oppressors that they got <laughs> off the world. Because I'm going to treat you better than they did, but you're still going to be oppressed. But, you know, we're going to enlist people like you to help us. And we're not going to, like, beat them or spit on them. So we're the good guys. So the good guys get punished. I did hand quotes, by the way. The good <laughs> guys nice. get punished and ambushed or what have you. And so now it's this journey of this, um, the, the colonizer dude that's going to learn all these skills and stuff from the indigenous people of this planet and then become the best of them, you know, like, uh, I'm going to be a better warrior that these people have been warriors for hundreds of years and fighting back and surviving. And I'm going to be the best of all of them. And you want to know the most asinine part of Dune to me was they literally said Dune part one. What made you just assume that we want to see a part two? I mean, I know that it's going to get produced. I mean, the budget alone was just crazy. And, but I just thought it was very presumptuous of them to just assume that we're going to see, you know, part two will be coming. You know, it's like, you're not building your own MCU. Get out of here. Nobody wants to see we already had a DCU. We got to, you think you're going to have a D, a Dune cinematic universe? Get out of here. And I think the worst thing about the movie, and this might be a hot take. I might get some, some, some feedback because of this. Freaking Jason Momoa's clean shaven. What's that about? Ah, uh, I was like. Oh, I, I, I have a theory. 
Okay. I'm I welcome to hear it, Penda, because that like I'm like, what is this? Look at this baby face. Get out of my face, baby face. <laughs> so yeah, Penda, what's was you do you think I'm overreacting about this? Because I really actually had a real problem with Dune as a movie overall. It wasn't, like I said, cinematography was great. You could tell they had a big budget, but I can, you know, I can shine up any rock in, in the backyard and say it's a diamond, but is it, you know? Dune was a very pretty movie. And I didn't, I haven't read the books of, of uh, Frank Herbert. So I have not read the 80 million books that are in the Dune universe. Um, I, I vaguely remember the movie that had um, Kyle McLaughlin and was Sting in that one? I know David Yes, Lynch Sting was in, in the. I guess that would be the original. I never saw that one though. That was one of the one of the one of the versions of I think because there have been more than a few. Okay. Uh, more than a few adaptations of this. This one is closer, from what I understand, this one is the closest to uh, the the source material than all of them. Even like the, there was like a ten part series, I think. Don't quote me. And like in two thousand and seven. Okay. So the the movie is it's it's socio political, but it was meant to be. Um, it. I, I didn't love it, but I didn't I didn't hate it. There there are a lot of aspects of of the entire Dune story. I, I I know one of the things people were complaining about were how it you know this talks about the Middle East, but it's but it doesn't have any um, it doesn't have any Middle Eastern style characters except it wasn't. Um, no. I forget I forget Frank Herbert's intention, but he wasn't talking about oil in the Middle East when he was talking about mining spice on, on Arrakis. Um, I, the, so I didn't hate it. For fans of the... I was disappointed when I sat down in my screening. I mean, we had the comfortable seats, you know, when I guess when they're going to throw up the you know, two and a half hour movie at you. They're like, you know, put it in the good theater. Put it in the good <laughs> seats. Let them get Be comfortable. comfortable. Right. Uh, and when I saw the the title, the splash card come up, and the title cards come up, and it said Dune, and then across the bottom it said Part One. Right. I'm like, you jerk offs. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, the thing, and I think because I don't do, because I don't do trailers. I mean, even though it's part of my job to know what's coming out, I usually don't watch trailers. I don't, and I don't get involved in the minutia of 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 movie. Of, of movie um, journalism a lot of times because a lot of a lot of pre-press on a movie can actually lead to spoilers I actually like going into a movie having zero idea of what's about to happen and that may put me at a disadvantage but I but in some cases it's like if I don't know what's about to happen or what they think is going to happen like usually you go you see a trailer and you're like you get really hyped for it because the trailer's awesome and it's like all of the good scenes that made it to the cutting room floor or in the trailer. You know, that's why I'm trying to avoid that level of disappointment. Right. So I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. So some people were like, yeah, it's part one. And even though they're like, if it does really well, we'll do a part two. They knew they were going to do a part two. Right. It was going to happen. You're not, you don't, you don't create a movie like this without planning. You don't plan a potential trilogy without at least getting the second one 
greenlit. I mean, John Wick was the same way. Everyone wanted yeah. more John Wick, and they already knew they were going to make more. Yeah, but so, John Wick was awesome, though. <laughs> but John Wick, John Wick was John Wick was awesome, and it was well received. Uh, so, I mean, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'm not a hard sci-fi nerd. So, movies about space, and I, there was so much. It's so much. There is so much in this movie. I can understand why they thought it would make a good miniseries when the miniseries came out once upon a time because it's there's a there's a lot there's the various houses that all went control of of arrakis there are the the warring factions the, the the potential to of this of this christ-like or this godlike being being you know being created being engineered to be created to be the one it's another you know it's another hero's yeah. quest it's the one chosen one story yeah. that we were all very familiar with mm-hmm. and there there's a lot going on and it did a good job of showing us all of the players you know it showed the 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 natives on on arrakis the warring houses the duplicity of the emperor this the 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 side quests of of this weird religious order and everybody's betrayal. Uh, one thing I will say, and I don't think it's a spoiler, but it, it does give a little insight. And I think it's a direct pull from the book that all of the not heroes are clean shaven. But Jason so, was on the side of the colonizers. He went in and cleared the way for House Atreides to to come down and 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 peacefully move into their new home, despite the fact that they weren't really, you know, they they just got rid of one house and now here comes another. Right. That's not something you don't send a warrior down for negotiations. You send a warrior down. You send a weapons master down to clear the way, so it's safe for your people to come in. That's 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 the that's your so he was he started out as a good guy before he left for for um for arrakis he had a beard but when he came back he was clean shaven so and every single character regardless of their intentions if they're clean shaven they're not on the side of right so and that that's i mean and if you've seen it then you 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 know who is not who is clean shaven and who has a full beard so in the in a sense, the story is still pulling for the natives, uh, the native people of Arrakis, um, and they're basically come to think of it, they may be the only. There, there. I think there are, are a few others. Um, oh, the other weapons master played by Josh Brolin, he did sport a beard. He um, did. I, I I did like his character. I will say that. Yes. But so so when you when you put it into context, you are it's already been set up. I mean, I know how I know how all of Dune ends. Um, I did go ahead and make sure that I was prepped enough to understand. It's like, what the heck am I looking at? I understood it for someone who'd never read any of the books. I was able to understand part one. It was at least spelled out enough where I understood what was happening and where everybody fell. So that was fine. But I did want to immerse myself more in that universe. It's like, okay, so now what? Because no one seems real happy that this kid is down there. 
no one seems super happy that you know his his upbringing and then now his exposure to the spice is 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 basically creating basically creating a problem you know you can be the chosen one and still be on the wrong side yeah and my thing is just to piggyback off what you just said about the characters i didn't really like any of the characters it was like yeah the josh brolin character was fun and interesting and for the purpose that he served he served it well but I, for be, I felt like they had to spend so much of that time explaining who these houses were, what they represented, what what was about this planet, what was about the 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 enemies and the emperor that we didn't really get a lot of time understanding these characters as people, like for me to even sympathize with them when the when the event happened that. Um, that kind of changed the the plot of the movie or what have you. Um and and I I didn't care and and to be honest at the end of the movie I still didn't care about any of these people. I found I found them kind of cold and lacking um any type of feelings, you know, I don't know if that was done on purpose but they were kind of given off like really, you know, emotionally distant vibes. And, you know, and it was like one scene with the mother and her son, Atreides, where he was in some real danger. And she seen, she was trying to seem worried about him, but I really wasn't getting the vibe that these, these, even the family members were concerned about each other. You know, it was like, they were doing whatever they could to keep this plot moving forward so we can, you know, it was like they were checking the boxes. Worms check, natives check, okay, bad guys check, war check, you know, <laughs> and uh, vision quest check. So it was like you're hitting these marks, but I'm not getting any type of investment in these characters. And, I, and it really kind of took me out of the experience. Um, you know, one of the major events that was supposed to be sad in the movie i was just kind of like oh that happened so i don't know doom mm, mm. i'm sure i will check out doom too because i think you've told me this a hundred times in the past i'm a completist so yes i'm not going to not watch doom too i'm just not enthusiastic about it who knows maybe they'll surprise me in part two maybe part one was just the building up movie but if you're introducing this you kind of want to, yes, lay the groundwork, the foundation, which they did do an excellent job of doing, but you also want to make me care about these characters. I didn't know anything yeah. about Lord of the Rings either, but it was like by the end of the first movie, I was like, oh no, Frodo, don't go off by yourself. I'm so I'm worried. I'm worried about Frodo. <laughs> Sam, protect him, Sam. You got his back, please. You know, so I wasn't getting any of those vibes from Dune at all. So, but I'm not so close-minded as I won't give them a chance in the second movie. I'm just saying that this first movie, for all of the hype that, you know, people have brought about over the years regarding these books, the movie, and, and like you said, is the most accurate depiction to date of the books. That's not giving me warm, fuzzy feelings about the book. <laughs> it, there is a lot. There is a lot to... There's a lot in the book. Mm -hmm. um, 
speaking to people that have read the book and someone had said, when you think about the 84, I believe it was 84, when you think about the 84 version, the David Lynch version, um, and then you see this version, which was over two hours, you begin to think, you know, you think you begin to think of how much they cut to make it a, just a two hour movie. Right. And um, then even this, <laughs> everyone's getting a refill. Oh, you saw that? So for, for everything that was cut to cram it into the David Lynch's Dune, and then to have this and people are like, there's still stuff. There's still stuff in subplots and what have you that aren't in this version that may not be necessary to the overall, overall arc of the story, but we really won't know. We really won't know until part two. And there could potentially be a part three. This could end up being a trilogy. Um, and if, you know, and if you're, if you're hardcore and this is something that you're, then you're going to be excited about it. You know, like I said, the, the sci-fi nerds seem to really enjoy it. Um, except the ones that complain that there was a bunch of, you know, woke liberalism in it. Obviously not understanding that this is the source material. You have it. You know, keep your science out of my, keep your, keep your politics out of my sci-fi. And it's like, dude, have you never read any sci-fi? Sci-fi and horror are political. You're just gonna, you're just gonna have to, I'm, I'm really sorry that you think your nose is being rubbed in it, but this is the source material. This is, all of this is the source material. You're just gonna have to, you're gonna have to find a way to get past it. You know, I'm, I'm, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mars is not populated with negatively, you know, that with barely clad women for you mm. to conquer. I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm actually really confused by that because I was getting off vibes, getting vibes that they were romanticizing the colonization and the subjugation of these people. So yeah. I definitely was which, not which is which. Vibes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. There was a romantic, and, and, and it was a romantic, you know, it was in this, in this day and age, I, I, I think in 65, when it came out, I think it was a romanticism of the colonization, of course, until they all fought back, until it became a problem. And then the, I mean, but that was his intention too. And I was like, this is this great, we're taming, we're, we're helping, we're taming the savages and we're giving them a better life, but you're not really. You're just making it worse and they will, they are as smart. They know how this works. They will eventually fight back uh, and, and you will regret it deeply, which is where we are at the end of Dune part one. So it's like, I'm, I'm sorry your colonization project didn't work, dude. Project I'm colonization. That... <laughs> right? <laughs> C minus. Right. C minus. C minus for colonization. But uh <laughs> Yeah, so that was just my, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk about that because it's like, you know, people get caught up in the popularity or the hype of a movie. And then when you actually break down the substance, you know, sometimes it leaves a lot to be desired. Now, I, I encourage everyone to form your own opinion. You know, this is just one pro-lines opinion um, regarding one particular movie. Who knows? There's been times where I've seen movies uh, the first time and just thought it was like, what? I don't get it. And then I see it again 
possibly inebriated and then say, wow, this is hilarious. <laughs> Why did I think it was this funny before? So perhaps that was the problem. Perhaps it was just a sobering reminder of- Exactly. <laughs> Never watch sci-fi movies sober. Uh, see, that's where I messed up. Idiot. That, that's it. That's it. We're going to put it on a t-shirt. Put Oh, yeah. Never watch sci-fi sober. Matter of fact- Never watch. Insert, put blank. Like, never watch fill in the blank, blank. sober. Sober. Yep. There you go. I think it I think everyone's life would be would, would be a, a little a little happier. Coming soon. A little happier with a little more. Merch. That's right. That's right. Never do we anything sober. We need a merch guy. Nothing worth doing is worth doing sober. I like that. Nice. There we go. That works. That works too. <laughs> Meanwhile, my liver is like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? What's and we're all problem? like, shut up, liver, you're fine. Right, you're fine. <laughs> you die a beautiful death, beautiful liver. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thanks for taking it. Thanks for thanks for uh taking one for the cause. Absolutely, tootly wootly. So <laughs> I also know that. You had a strong opinion about a movie that's recently came out as well. You want to tell us oh, about yeah? that? Oh, yeah. You want to tell us about that? Pinda, pinda? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I, I was like, going to, let, let me remind you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, this, <laughs> this part is like super strong. Never debate movies sober. Mm. <laughs> So yes, I had the opportunity to watch uh, Eternals, not The Eternals. Everyone wants to call it The Eternals, but it is actually called Eternals. Oh, well, thank you. Because I think I've been welcome. calling it The Eternals too. So thanks for the correction on that one. Yeah, I had to. I had remember when I posted my review, they're like, "No, it's just Eternals." Just like, Eternals. Oh. Okay, so I went through, <laughs> and so yes, I had the opportunity to catch Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a pre-screening and then it opened um, last week or so and um, it is not my favorite Marvel film period it is mm. it, it is I know it is it is it does not have a favorable rating on Rotten Tomatoes and as much crap as people give Rotten Tomatoes um it is an accurate, it's an accurate viewing of critics versus audiences because basically anyone can, can, can leave a rating after you've seen the film. And for us critics, we actually have to see the film. And there's a lot of, you have to be approved to be a Rotten Tomatoes critic, which I am. I'm tomato approved. All right. Uh, woohoo. It's, it's a, it's a thing. My fox, it's, it's, can I call you my foxy tomato? The fox. <laughs> oh, we'll get that on a t-shirt too. <laughs> uh so yes and and the eternals are about a a a race of celestial or they're a race of beings created by the celestials which in the marvel universe are are um immortal beings they're not i and it makes me wonder is the and I I'm throwing this out to the to the Marvel fan base because I don't know if the I think the Watcher is an Eternal as well, and if you've if you've if you've watched the What Ifs 
that are on on uh on hbo or excuse me disney thank you for on disney plus um there's you know the watcher is is the narrator and i'm wondering if the watcher might be a a, a celestial anyway there's these the celestials this one particular celestial has created has created two races or two beings two types of beings the eternals or yeah now now we're now they're the eternals now they're the now Uh, now we added the (laughs) now now we added the and they have and he's also created deviants and deviants were sort of like a science project gone wrong uh and they go in and they go in and they they basically they're 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 responsible for wiping out uh races of people already on planets and so the eternals get sent in and now the eternals are responsible for keeping the native population alive to by destroying the deviants and in this case, we have ugh, so many. They're like ten. They're like ten. There are ten people to keep track of for this movie. There's Ajax and Icarus and a bunch of others. A and bunch of others. <laughs> <laughs> and insert names post post credit post. Up. Exactly. And and they're and they're they're dropped on Earth, you know, with Proto Man. And they're responsible for wiping out the deviants. And then for whatever reason, they're left. Usually when they've completed their mission, when all the deviants are wiped out, they get to go home. Okay. They get to go back to Olympus. And is really? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. The planet Olympus. Um, yeah, because we have, there's Gilgamesh. There's Athena. There's the others. They're gods. There's okay, gods Bright. and goddesses and stuff. They seem to be, but but we we come to learn there's there's some sick twisted reason. One of the Eternals is like a teenager, almost like like barely a teenager, maybe fourteen, fifteen. Named Sprite, and Sprite is the storyteller. And so for the five thousand years they're basically left on Earth, going out and living their lives, but not interfering. And stuff like, you know, war, mass slavery, Famine. genocide. Yeah. They're not supposed to interfere. So they're left. And then in the meantime, Sprite is the storyteller. And Sprite's telling all these stories about her friends. And that's, we're supposed to infer that that's how we have various gods. Like Athena. Like Ajax. You know, who live in a place called, you know, on Mount Olympus, which I'm guessing Romans couldn't, uh, you know, or the Greeks couldn't, the Romans, one of them, could not, could not comprehend, you know, another planet called Olympus. So that's why it's Mount Olympus up in the sky. So, so if you can get past, and, and granted, this is based on a, I, a 70s and 80s Marvel comic. So all of this was, this is, this is not new, but, but in, in 21st century, it seems, it just seems a little, and I, when we're talking about superpowered beings, you know, like Shang-Chi or, or Black Widow or Iron Man, I'm just saying the Eternal seems a little silly. <laughs> 
And but, but again, they're abandoned on Earth for like five thousand years, and then suddenly the deviants return, and now they're fighting each other. And someone is now, and now the de- now the Eternals are dying one by one. They're being overpowered by the deviants, and and now it's just it's up to the remaining Eternals to fight fight the deviants, and then this other thing starts to happen which I can't talk about because that is a spoiler. Spoiler! Um, but, it's, but it's a big thing, and it mm-hmm. makes everybody question what the heck's going on. That Sounds movie like there's a lot like, going on. That movie was like, is it 2.43? Wait, you mean two hours and 43 minutes? I'm going to check really super quick. Wow. It- that's almost a three-hour movie. Whoops. Marvel, what's going on? Let's I mean, see. I, I don't have a problem with seeing a movie that long as long as it holds my interest. If I look and say, how long is this movie? It feels like I've been watching it for three hours. Then clearly it's not holding my interest. 236. Two hours and 36 minutes is how long Eternals is. Yeah, and and I, I can honestly tell you, it feels that long jeez oh, um wow. and I, it, you know and it's and it's it's de- it's decorated it's directed by um chloe Zhao, who gave us nomads nomadland rather which was okay. the oscar winner for last year yeah yeah she won two oscars right i believe so because mm-hmm. uh, she's a screenwriter too and she did do the screenwrite she, the screenplay for eternals i think she and, was originally tapped to to do the Black Widow, but she kind of like turned it down and then pitched the Eternal specifically. I think I just saw something recently about that. So if the Eternals was just a family drama about people being uh, drawn together after the death of uh, one of their family members and now they're forced to basically deal with each other while they're also dealing with if it's, you know, if it's the bank wanting to foreclose on the house or developers wanting to steal their land, Eternals would be, would, would have fit as a screenplay for that. As we watch these, these siblings uh, grow up together and then grow apart and then have to come together again, that's, that's the level of writing and drama that we're dealing with, with Eternals. And it's, and it's unnecessary. As far as I'm concerned, uh, it it drags. When we want a superhero movie, we want a superhero movie. We do care about a backstory. We do care about the characterizations of these characters. But there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of talking in this movie. Everyone has to talk about their feelings. I don't care. <laughs> Use for all of the for all of the these superpowered beings for for what they're supposed to do you actually saw very little of that you actually wow. and and therefore i couldn't tell you like i couldn't tell you oh no i can tell you that's like sprite's ability was to as a uh, was illusion so sprite could appear in several places at once sprite could appear as other people you know some had super speed there's a black guy. I can't think of his name, and I'm sorry. Um, 
but he was a great mind. He was a great engineering mind. And he was able to come up with things like the combustible engine. Okay. You're, you're from space. Do you not? No. And I get it. This is, you know, you want to come up with this, this combustible engine for, for your puny humans. I, I, I can see that, but he made it when he was presenting it to the other Eternals, it just seemed like, have you, you guys traveled here in a spaceship. Do you not know how this, this, do you not know how this works? This seems a little fair. To be fair, Penda, they probably are end users like like me. I know nothing about a computer except how to turn it on. So I'm not inventing anything related to the computer. So they so they're like, you know, I think the combustible engine might be too complicated. So he comes up with a plow. And they're like, perfect, give him a plow. Oh, but my kidding. biggest question is my biggest question is how does a black man survive five thousand years? I have no idea. I think that's something to think about. I, I said I would like to see a, a five thousand years I, in on Earth. <laughs> on Earth, one. How does yeah. one guy survive five thousand? One black guy survive five thousand years, being as smart as he is. Oh Because yeah. we all know history has proven that don't save you. That would have murked. They would have murked him back with the dinosaurs. That's right. Mm-hmm. Show me that movie. Show me that movie. And then on top and then on top of that, he has a, you know, in the future, he has a partner and a son. And okay. I'm like, oh, now I need to see this backstory. I need to see what you've been up to for the last five thousand years. I'm just I'm wildly curious. Clearly he's been naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so we've so there's a and again, there are ten characters that we have to keep up with. Um and Selma Hayek plays her usual Earth Mother hyper role which is what she's been playing for the last 10 years the peacemaker and everybody let's relax and let's talk this through and while still being the strong mother figure i would like i would really like it if someone could either would give her an actual badass role you know and then i i would i would also like to take it one step further by saying all of the strong women in this movie had problems which is a terrible, which is a trope that I have a huge problem with, that you cannot be a strong, brilliant woman without being a complete, either you're an idiot or you're insecure about, you know, how smart and beautiful you are or how powerful you are. Or in the case of Thena, for, uh, that's Angelina Jolie's character, uh, she, uh, she was crazy. And, and so she was so powerful that they had to keep her isolated. That and then, oh, then the uh, that's a spoiler, we won't talk about that. Okay, <laughs> okay, and, and it's and so it's a problem that I have with a lot of movies like this where you're going to give us a strong woman who 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 is smart and powerful and beautiful, but she has some crippling problem that prevents her from reaching her potential, and and sometimes it's it's just a man. It's like you don't feel complete because you can't, you know, either you have too many or you don't have enough babies or you can't get a guy to love you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or some type of trauma uh, that they've experienced. There's some type of trauma. And yeah. and that was, and that, that was one that was, that was um, one care. Cersei, that was Cersei's problem is that, you know, she, 
she didn't want to fall in love because she didn't want to fall in love with mortals because they would all die. Um, but but at the same time, that actually kept her from, you know, being her being her strong, authentic self. So, and we see this a lot. We see this in a lot of detective movies. You know, we see a lot of in a lot of detective shows like um, *Mayor of Easttown* and *Marcella*, uh, where you do have your your strong, brilliant detective who is moving up. But her, she's got it. She's an alcoholic. She's emotionally unavailable. She's broken in some way. And it's like, sort of like, that's what makes her, it's like her brokenness is what makes her, is what makes her human as opposed to all of the components that make her a good character. Uh, and it's just one of those things I'm super tired of. And you saw that a lot in, you saw that a lot in, in Eternals. You know, one of the male characters had his own dang cult. Oh, okay. Whole cult. Uh-huh. Yeah, whole cult. You know, so it's so I had a problem with I had a problem with Eternals. Then I had a problem with the, the massive twist that everyone taught, that that you know reveals itself, um, and it that it took so long to get there. There's a love scene that is unnecessary because it does absolutely nothing to further the plot. It's like Chloe Zhao said, we need sex. But it's PG thirteen sex, so it's like so it's not even worth pointless. it. It's not even worth it's watching. It's not even worth it. Like what? It's it's like who wants to see? It's it's almost like an oxymoron. Are you so you're saying that there is a PG thirteen sex scene? Mm-hmm. PG thirteen sex scene. Those two don't even go together. Oh my goodness! And, it, okay. and again, it does nothing to further the plot. Nothing it does nothing absolutely nothing it's it's such a and it's such a throwaway scene i wish they had left it out but that's about the point where you try to check your watch ah and you see how much it's like oh you do know a lot of kids go to see marvel uh movies i'm wondering how the parents is feeling about that you know yeah there's gonna be some strongly worded emails to disney regarding those right i mean and granted you know when we talk about deadpool I mean, Deadpool got naked, you know. Yeah, but Deadpool's rated R. And Deadpool is rated R. This is absolutely true. This is a rated R. No, it's a rated R movie. And yes, Marvel movies are generally violent, but it's all cartoony violence. Yes. And then you have a movie that wants to insert this unnecessary love scene uh, in a a movie. I was saying that movie that nobody asked for. They want to set up this (laughs) unnecessary love scene and, and... and at the like the one third mark of this movie and it doesn't do anything it's like no one no one gets fridged you know no one no one dies it, it's just like okay well it happened and i and i think it's the point is to solidify these people really loved each other and that's why they did this but again now we're saying but now now you're putting a morality spin on sex uh, for these characters that ended up not even being able to get along. So, again, it's a pointless, unnecessary throwaway scene. And I, I think it's just one of the many missteps of this. And I know there's supposed to be more. Of course, it's set up for a, it's set up for a sequel at some point. Again, but it's, it's probably, yeah. And, and, but at the same it's it's probably one of the more, you know, it's probably one of the more, this is probably the most unenthusiastic I've ever been about a Marvel sequel. Like I would love to see more Shang-Chi. Um, 
which came out, you know, I, I, I want to see, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, uh, but I would oh, like to see yeah. where that's going. I have, you know, I'm, I'm terribly interested in Doctor Strange and I'm terribly interested in the next Spider-Man movie. I can honestly give a crap if there is never another Eternals movie. Ooh, ooh, that is harsh. So yes, there's my that, that. So that's my professional, my professional opinion, my professional Jeez. opinion, and my personal opinion. You know, my professional opinion as a critic, and my my personal opinion as someone that enjoys movies. And, you know, I this is not. It is. I don't believe. And I don't. I'm not going to say that this is not Marvel's best effort because I know that everyone put their heart and soul into this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying I, this is not a movie. I think in my review I said if we were to be if we were to plan the seating at a wedding reception, you know, where everyone has to sit, I would put Eternals next to Ang Lee's Incredible Hulk. Oh yeah, it's it's trying to be too existential for its own darn good, you know. It's trying it's to be like, too dramatic and too adult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. I haven't seen the Eternals yet. But my thing is, if I go to see an action movie, I want to see an action movie, you know? Yes. And I'm not saying an action movie can't have existentialism and, and thought and some plot development. That's awesome. That's a plus. But I don't want to see somebody sitting there looking at their gun like, why do you fire? You know, what is it that you do that pierces through the heart? No, I want to see if you're holding that gun, you holding Chekhov's gun, you better shoot it. Shoot it. That's right. So, that's it. I mean, that's just that's just it. And what I expect from my Marvel is funny quips and explosions and some action-packed stuff, a little heart thrown in there as well. And you know, and I'm not saying it can't have more than that. Some plot development. You know, uh, what's a good example? Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. That was a serious surprise to me because I really like did not expect it to be as good as it was and you know it was still fun and quirky and you still had your action but then spoiler alert when peter was uh buried alive you could hear the fear in his voice you could hear him he it reminded you that this he's still a little kid you know he's still out here he's fighting this fight and he has these powers but he's a child and you heard the child in him crying out and that got me. I was like, that's, I'll be honest. Tobey Maguire, I thought was the best Spider-Man, but this, this little dude, the, the cutest little puppy ever, he's the best Spider-Man to me because <laughs> you brought that emotion that was in there, but it felt authentic. You know, I felt the fear that he would have felt. So I, I will be seeing the Eternals because I, I mean, honestly, it's not a Marvel movie that I don't ever, I'm never not going to see until they... Marvel has built so much goodwill up with me and in my heart that I will probably see everything that they distribute unless it's like literally a bag of dung set on fire and say, coming in 2024, bag of dung, the series. <laughs> Flaming bag not, of dung. Bag of dung. I may <laughs> or may not see that bag of dung. I haven't decided yet because if it ties into Hawkeye, who knows, or She-Hulk, maybe that bag of dung is like a celestial bag of dung or a magic bag of dung. I don't know. <laughs> but Marvel has yet, and don't get me wrong, they have their hits and they have their misses. Um, yes. They are not batting, they are not hitting home runs every time they come up to the plate. 
However, overall, they have built up a fan base and they built up a universe that for me, I, I'm, it's just a part of what I'm going to be watching. You know, it's just certain things that, you know, I'm, I have to see. So Disney plus and all of the subsequent movies until they've worn me down to where things have probably just got ridiculous. And I just don't even care about anybody anymore, but I'm not there yet. And one or two bad movies is not is that's not gonna have me there. So I definitely respect your opinion as always because you are the most informative person that I know. And your opinion Aww. is yeah, your opinion is valued. And for the most part, I'm going to uh, you know take into account when when you're recommending or you know warning us to not watch stuff or don't waste your time. But Marvel is like, for lack of a better word, it's like some kind of, it's like some, you know, some type of sub substance abuse for me. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to not watch Marvel, something related to it at this point. It's been, I've, I've invested too many years of my life and you're going to tell me that my whole life is a waste because I've watched consecutively. It's a lie. Like, it's all my, a lie. My whole life is a lie. You know, so I will suffer through the internals. I hope, you know, that they learn from this experience because like you said, just like Ang Lee's The Hulk, they they put it out there and they learned from it and and they they kept it pushing. So, and, and that's one thing I, you know, we talked about in one of our older uh, episodes about fan uh, input and things of that nature. I don't want anyone to get toxic or attack any of these people because they work really hard, whatever the project is, right. to give us what they believe is quality work, you know? And however, everything doesn't resonate with everybody. And I would hope that they take the feedback that has been provided by yourself and, and the people who've actually seen the movies and other sources and then try to build off of that and make something better. I think, you know, I, I, one thing I will have to say about them, no matter what, you got to admire their ambition because they oh, will yes. take it, you know, and go in a completely different direction. It doesn't always work out, but you got to respect them because they are still do, taking risks, even though they have an established brand. And the, even though they may not hit the home run every single time, they're still throwing different stuff out there. So I got to respect the MCU for that. Yes, you know, and and then the risk taking. I mean, yeah. with, you know, Chloe Zhao being. I mean, she's not. I'm not saying that Marvel movies should not be helmed by by Oscar winning directors. Mm -hmm. You know, I I I appreciate that the shot was taken. You know, and and the thing is, there are large groups of people. There is a group of people that are like, oh, finally, a Marvel movie that I can enjoy. So great. There's, you know, movies, the movies are not for everyone, but for, for the folks that they connect with, they're perfect. And yes. for that crowd, they enjoy Eternals and good for them. Good for you them. know, and I, and I sort of hope that there is an offshoot of, of MCU or superhero movies that have that depth of, of drama and, and interpersonal and, and words, you know, that will right. satisfy that group folks so they can so they can enjoy marvel movies as much as the rest of us joy enjoy the general marvel um 
uh, boilerplate of, of what a Marvel movie is. You know, we, we know what we want when we go in and sit down and this is, you know, we, we want Avengers. You know, we're, 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 some of us are part of the Avengers crowd. Give us lots of action and shooting and yes, make it funny and just make it quippy. Um, but I don't need, I don't need a, I don't need a soliloquy mm-hmm. ever. Right, <laughs> <Like> right, ever. <laughs> right. But there, there are some people that need, they, they want, it's almost like they want a Merchant Ivory style of, 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 of MCU movies. And, you know, I sort of hope that they get it. You know, maybe the maybe Chloe Zell will, will give them a few more of some lesser known uh, Marvel properties that they can so they can feel as enthusiastic about the movies as we do. Uh, I just recognize that these movies are not, and I'm like again, they're not bad. They're just they're not for me. Right. And I, again, I, I'm not enthusiastic yeah. about about any sequels regarding this. So I so now I know. You know, I now I know. Now I will wait for. Doctor Strange, and I will wait for Mor- Mobius, and or Mor- Morbius, and I will wait for Spider Man, and I will wait for Phase Four, Phase Five movies because I know that those movies are for me. Fair enough. I tell you this though: if we could forgive the MCU for Thor: Dark World, I'm willing to forgive them anything. So <laughs> there we go. Excellent point. Excellent point. So. So I think that's it for the rundown. Um, I guess we're going into the new news. New news? New news, yeah. Is there any new news on your side? I, on this past Monday, I had an opportunity to join um, a local women's group. And I'm not a social person. Most people know that. But I I do love bourbon. So I joined a group called the bourbon women of Michigan and the bourbon women is it's there. It's like a, there's chapters and in, in all sorts of, and all the, and a lot of States. And I joined the Michigan chapter of bourbon women. And basically they have monthly um, bourbon tastings. Well, they'll get together at a restaurant and then they'll have like, you'll get like a flight of bourbons from a particular company and they'll pair them with food or dessert. Um, and in our case, that's funny. I just have the card. Um, it's our little card that we got, and we got to try three different. Hold it up to the screen. Nice. From uh, the bourbon was Bardstown out of Kentucky, Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and we got to try three different bourbons, and they paired them with yeah, and they paired them with bonbons. From hang on, the company is called. Bon Bon Bon. Oh, right. So there's a bon, company bon, called Bon Bon Bon. Bon Bon Bon. bon. That's right. <laughs> and we got to pair these bourbons with the with with various Bon Bons, and that way we got to taste the various notes that were that were in the bourbon, and it made the chocolate really good. And we were served like really nice appetizers uh, that were thoughtful. I was with a, a woman. I was in a group of three, and there was a woman that was a vegetarian and one that was gluten free. And the restaurant was a, was able to accommodate all of us. And everything that we got was delicious. We got like a really nice, um, it was called a Fusion Manhattan. I think it was made with um, Amaro, Amaro liqueur and, and bourbon. With the, it was very, really good. And I think that's probably what 
made the whole evening nice was that we were drunk before everything started. <laughs> <laughs> so I got so I, I so I joined the group and we all had a really good time. It was out in at, at Benstein's out in Commerce Chartered Township, so kind of a haul, uh, but it was a really good time. And I'm looking forward to. I, I think the the bourbon that we were given, I, I wasn't a huge fan, but I also think that if you were to get one of those smaller. You know those smaller bourbon, or those smaller kegs that you see sometimes in, uh, in higher end liquor stores. They'll like sell uh-huh. you a little cask, and there's nothing in it. It's just, and I know you can get them from some, some places that distill, some distilleries. Like I think Motor City Gas sells them too. But I think if these bourbons were allowed to age a little bit longer, I think they would be because this this company is only four years old. So uh, I think if okay. these bourbons were allowed to age, not in the bottle but in one of those nice oak casts, then I think they would be really good in about another five or six years. So nice. I'm considering it. A um, couple of the, they're, they're, they're a, sort of a small batch, so not everywhere will carry them, but I know a couple places out here that might have them. So I'm thinking as a treat to myself and then a treat to myself, you know, when I turn 55 or 60, will be to take one of those bottles and allow it to age um, another five or 10 years and then really treat myself to something nice. So that was my new, I got out and got social and, and, and got introduced to a new bourbon and it was a lot of fun. Wow. Can I just say that you are definitely my fanciest friend? I mean, <laughs> that whole conversation is like, oh, we let it age and then, and an oak cast for another five to 10 years. <laughs> and I'm literally sitting here like, I got beer in the fridge. You know, how long should you let that sit before it's good? You know, whatever. Anyway, and all that came from someone sitting at a Fox onesie. So, you know, <laughs> this, this, this right. temper, this you temper, are uh... the fanciest <laughs> Fox tomato ever. For real. <laughs> like, like literally schooling everybody on bourbon and wine. I admire you. I bend the knee because I literally like, uh, what was my new news today? Like I'm thinking about making tacos. That's about (laughs) it. Like I did not join a super secret society bourbon group and do some old lady James Bond sipping. So no, I didn't do any of that. Um, (laughs) cat vomited again. Um, wow, I don't know how I was supposed to come behind that. Um, so I'm thinking I that'll don't teach want you. To, that'll, that'll learn me. <laughs> that'll learn you to go behind the sophisticated Pinda with her five-year age bourbon and top flight, you know, and, and all of that deliciousness paired with bonbons. Mm, I, paired with bonbons. And I don't even know where this company is. I just know that so they, they would put our our bourbons on on whatever one we had which yeah. gave the different the different notes which i honestly i can't i don't know anything about notes um, i know nothing about notes they're like this has notes of blood and i'm like sure notes of blood i, don't really, I taste <laughs> I, I it this has notes of 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 grapefruit and smoke and i'm like okay and smoke <laughs> and smoke Listen, I'm actually a little worried about you at this point because I feel like you're just going to get a card slipped under your door 
from like Squid Game now because just like you don't even know where these people are. Don't worry, they'll find you. You know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but they were so they would give us this little, not even like, and it wasn't an ounce because they don't want to give us three ounces of bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the course of strong. 90 minutes. Right. Really strong. So they gave mm-hmm. us like just a taste to taste with our, with the bonbons they gave us. And I kept, I kept looking around. And it's like, but are there, are there more bonbons? <laughs> Cause that's, that's really why I showed up. For, I don't care bonbons. about the bourbon. Where's the bonbons? I know. And, and, and right. It's one of those, if you ever hear me say that, call the cops because I, clearly <laughs> I'm trying to blink that I'm in trouble. <laughs> right. Like blink twice. If you are not okay. Bon, <laughs> right. bon, 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 bon. Now I can't stop. Like, like, I don't, I don't bon. care about the bourbon. Call the police. Call the police. <laughs> like she is not okay. She is not She's okay. Not okay. You had me at alcohol. Like what? It's like our whole <laughs> stick. What are you talking about? Okay. I gotta find where this place is. As soon as I reject I told the you cookies. they will find you. You somebody will bump into you when you're at the grocery store running a random errand, and then the car to drop with the same symbol is like the Squid Game, but it's gonna be called the Bourbon Games, and you're gonna be in like like a velour tracksuit because they they have to be velour because it's bourbon, right? Right. Yeah. So you know, don't you worry too much about that. <laughs> they will find you. Yeah, it's like they're but, not even the website's like here's our store because they know. Oh, here's hey, the I w- shop. I wonder if it was all super secretive like that speakeasy we went to that time. Oh, that, right. that was super fun, and it was definitely like creepy, but not creepy. It was like we're still we're still in the burbs, so I still feel safe, but we're in an alley in the burbs, so I don't feel as safe. So I don't right. know. And then we had to go through the stock room. And yeah. then into a freezer. Yeah, that was wild. So we have to do that again real soon. You we'll know? have to do that again. Oh, so there's there's a there's a Bon 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 shop in Midtown. And it's really called Bon 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 shop. It's called Bon Bon Bon. Yes. Bon 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 Bon. <laughs> okay, that's what it says right here next to the dog park in Jolly Pumpkin. Across the street uh... from the city. For those of us that don't do west of this and north of this. Don't give yeah. me cardinal directions. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, is this a? It's next to the dog park, and yeah. I, I can find it. I can find that. And there's also uh, one in, in Ann Arbor. So, tell me you're from the suburbs without telling me you're from the suburbs. It's <laughs> right. right next door to the dog park. <laughs> to the dog park. <laughs> to the dog park. <laughs> the gentrification of Midtown, right there. Oh my it's goodness. next to the dog park. Make a left at the dog park. And then swing a right at the yoga and dog grooming center. And the dog right park there. and the Jolly Pumpkin. So you've got your dog park and your microbrewery. Microbrewery. And then you got to have a dog yoga center too. You know, that's right. The there's, there's, probably do yoga. A, there's probably a hot yoga center that's hot yoga for dogs. dogs, though. You know, that's right. For dogs. Yeah. Because, you know, because, 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 because. Well, I feel like that was another super awesome episode. That, um, Agreed. you know, Agreed. I love talking to you, even about the stuff that we don't like. Most of the time we talk about the stuff we like. This time we got it in about the stuff we didn't necessarily like. So if you 
dislike the same stuff we dislike continue to check us out and support us and give us a holler give us some love because we love you and we do it for fun but we also do it for you as well so uh until next time everybody do it for your love we do it for your love and we do it for our love like whitney houston maybe our love is your love well anyway so until next time (laughs) bye Bye. love you guys i can't find my mouse isn't showing oh here we go it's okay we got it go click (laughs) fan service with cat and penda is produced by our own we selves cat and penda if you like what you hear you can leave a review on apple podcast or your favorite podcast platform so other cool people can find us if you love what you hear you can support us for as little as 99 cents a month. You can find us on Twitter at Cat and Penda and leave us a voicemail message at the link below. Feel free to drop us a line at Cat and Penda Fanservice at gmail.com. But if you hate us, you can still do all of the same things, but maybe quietly and to yourself. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Yay!